I'm Larry Gassiman, and we're with Timothy Graham, who is the Vice President of External Affairs. Actually, the, long, the title is longer than that, and so that probably will be my first question. He is with NCTA, and I want to know about that company. But first of all, welcome, and thanks for doing this, Timothy. Thank you for having me, Larry. So tell us a little bit about the company and what you do for the company. Sure. So um, company is uh, NCTA, uh, the Internet and Television Association. We're a uh, trade association, uh, formerly National Cable and Telecommunications Association. So that's where you get the NCTA. Um, and we are uh, the leading trade association for U.S. cable operators and programmers. So cable operators would be, you know, Comcast, Charter, Cox, Midco, um, and, and others. Uh, and then the programmers, you know, that's, you know, the, the networks that you see on, on cable television, um, NBC, ABC, Fox, then AMC, HBO, the, the list goes on. Um, we're located in, in Washington, D.C., um, and, and in many ways, uh, we are the voice of the Internet and television industry. Uh, we represent our members in Congress uh, and before the administration, the FCC and other federal agencies, and um, ultimately uh, consumers. So um, our overall mission is really to shape a policy and regulatory environment um, in which our, our members can thrive and um, bring our shared vision for the future into reality. Do you know when the company came into being? It was founded in 1952, Lear. Oh, okay. So a good long time. Yes. Your involvement with broadband is is yes. something that has been talked a lot about, not necessarily yours, sure. but broadband in general. Tell us a little bit more about that. Sure. So, I mean, right now, uh, you know, we're focused on, on, on adoption, on broadband adoption. So helping people, you know, figure out what they need to know to use the internet. Um, but, but, uh, and, and figuring out how we can address the most common obstacles to adoption. Um, right now, Larry, most everyone, uh, 97% of households have access to broadband. Um, which is most of the country, but almost 30% or an estimated, I, I think that's uh, 35 million households still don't subscribe to the service. So obviously these folks are missing out on the benefits of the internet, especially as access becomes um, increasingly uh, necessary to participate in the digital economy, especially in light of the pandemic, since the COVID pandemic, uh, COVID-19 pandemic in, into 2020, so over the last two years. So we, we've been working on ways uh, to address the most common barriers to broadband adoption, um, which are being able to afford uh, service and devices, uh, having the digital skills necessary to use that technology, and understanding the relevancy of the internet um, for, the, for the common consumer's life. Um, so we partner with organizations like the ACB uh, to aid us in our advocacy um, so that we're reaching the greatest number of people and communities across the country. And one of the big things that ACB is involved in and has a huge right. voice is audio description. Yes. Um, does, it lend, does that lend itself to some of the things that you do? The cable industry's goal has always been to ensure that access to internet and television is as widespread as possible. 
Um, the Pew, I'm going to throw some, some statistics at you here. The Pew Research Center came out with a report revealing that over 20% of people without, uh, with disabilities never go online um, compared to just 8% of folks without disabilities. And Comcast reports that almost 50 million people in the U.S. have physical or mobile disabilities that exclude them from a lot of the technology and Internet services out there today. Um, so as a result, these groups are missing out on the educational, health, and professional benefits of the Internet. Um, America's ISPs, cable ISPs, currently, and that's Internet service providers, currently offer a range of services targeted, targeted at creating an inclusive environment for its customers, including closed captioning, readable voicemail, uh, braille, and large print statements, and those are billing statements. Um, um, with regards to broadband, our operator members um, have long been committed to providing low-cost internet services even before the pandemic. And they've stepped up their efforts to keep the public connected in the time since March 2020. Um, many of our companies, both large and otherwise, have voluntarily instituted low-income programs to ensure that the opportunities the internet offers are available to customers regardless of their income level or other circumstances that make adoption more difficult. Your statement about 20% of those with a disability not online versus 8% of those with no disability not going online, it just fascinates me. What's being done to help those with disabilities, 20% who are not online? Well, and I, I can just give you, you know, some examples. First of all, like I, I think I said earlier, the for just the general population, you know, you, 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 you have a lack of affordability um, or the ability to afford service and devices so that they can get online and also a lack of, of digital literacy skills. Uh, and there's also an issue of relevancy. And I think that these, these problems are amplified in communities where um, of, of folks, of people that are living with disabilities. So um, I can give you an example of uh, what Comcast is doing through their Internet Essentials program. Um, they've rolled out access and digital literacy training programs aimed specifically at addressing the connectivity needs of low-income persons with disabilities. Um, and they've also extended eligibility for that program to disabled persons um, or persons living with disabilities that are receiving benefits like Medicare and Medicaid. Also, one of the, uh, one of, one of the things that we've been advocating uh, for in the states is uh, basically uh, telling the states how they can use this large influx of of, of um, federal broadband funding money to set up their own programs uh, for uh, digital inclusion. Uh, be, uh, the IIJA uh, 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 funding package that, that came out last year or earlier this year has uh, uh, several broadband funding mechanisms available that states can use on uh, deployment, but they can also use for adoption initiatives. So they can set up their own affordability programs, their own uh, digital literacy skills programs uh, and skills programs and workforce development programs. And they can tailor those. Um, they can have uh, they can they can they can tailor those to the needs of the community, uh, the communities that are most need in those in those states. So um, that's one of the things that we've been working on um, with our with our with our uh, strategic partners like the ACB. 
um, and other groups that are afoot so that they 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 can uh, advocate in the states and let the government know uh, how to best serve the needs of their respective uh, constituencies and communities. Timothy, thank you for joining us today and telling us about NCTA. And uh, it was a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you for having me, Larry.